Hey, what's up? This is Jeff Anderson, the jerk from Clerks. You're listening to the Three Nose Podcast. I want to punch them right in their f- nose. Okay, 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 okay. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. There ain't no rules. There is no plan. No safety net. Yeah, baby. Yeah. The Three Nose Podcast. Oh, Peter Patter, let's get at her. Synchronized. Uh, yeah, mine didn't pop very well. Like, what? Yeah, Uh-oh. the thingy went sideways. And, oh, oh, no. Wait, I got a malfunction here. Luckily, we have tools available. Uh, oh, by the way. This is the Three Nose Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm frustrated. I can't get into my drink. And okay, I'm thirsty. I'm Jason, by the way. Um, kept getting there. Here. No, I don't want to stick my thumb in there. Damn here, it. here, stick that in there. Okay. Oh yeah. Cool. Try that. Success. We got success. Break. Yay! Thank don't, you, sir. You didn't want to lick the tip to get the rest of the. No, I'm not that much of a fiend. All right? I'm just making sure. No, I'm not going to lick the remnants of a, a cider off the tip of a screwdriver. I'm not, hey, I'm I, not that desperate. I don't know what it's your proclivities weed, are. All right, it's not weed. I'm, I'm not just fiend. saying. And they said you paid for it. Why would you want to throw perfectly good? You're right. I threw away a point oh zero zero two five. That could be the stuff that makes us a golden episode. It could be. You're right. You're right. You're right. I highly doubt it. I, you, I, I can still get it. Do you want to know why I doubt that? Why do you doubt because that? Because every episode is a golden episode of the Three Nose Podcast. I cannot argue against that logic. <laughs> gotcha. Good job. <laughs> so, what you been up to? Uh, being retired. It's awesome. Yeah? How's that going? <laughs> Fucking awesome. Yeah? Like, what you been doing? Nothing. Nothing? Reading books. Reading books? Reading books. Yeah. I said I uh, cleaned up down here a little bit. It looks a little more organized, less less chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved the TV stand back a little bit to give a little more space. I thought it felt a little more open. More here. roomy. Yes. Yeah. I took I took that one flag down. Oh, yeah. That's oh, what yes. really opened up. Yeah. This. Yeah. It's there now. Yeah. So, uh yeah, that's about it. Okay. Um, said I played my drums a little bit this week for the first time in fucking forever. Yeah, that felt good. Um, now, when it comes to playing drums like that, mm-hmm. is it like are there songs that you're playing, or do you just play what's kind of in your heart, kind of thing, like just a rhythm that comes to you? Yes, and yes. Okay. So there are. Uh, definite patterns that some people play songs to. And then there's other times where it's just like, I'm going to move my hands in a semi-rhythmic fashion. It might sound like music or it might not sound like music. We'll see what happens on the other side. So it's just a matter of hitting the, the, the drum head and kind of like, I know with that drum, where on the drum head, what sound comes out of it. Right. So it's just like, what do I need after this sound? And that's where I'm kind of moving my hands over the drum head that way, figure out what sounds air quote best. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's just a matter of, you just, you just play it and. I, that's what I always thought, but yeah. I never really had asked before. So I was always kind of curious. There's a. Guys that I know from the uh, Niagara Voodoo Temple, 
Um, they have a drum. God, crew. that sounds so metal. It does. Not <laughs> <laughs> they uh, the uh, they have a traveling um, drumming troupe called the Dragon Ritual Drummers. I think I played one of their songs on here once before. Oh yeah, okay, yes. You, do you remember you said it was a group out of Niagara? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that's the book that I'm reading right now. Um, I didn't bring it down with me, or did I? No, I left it. Uh, my friend, uh, witch doctor Utu, has written a book about Harriet Tubman, Mama Moses, and the Underground Railroad. Okay. And basically, uh, Harriet Tubman was a slave in Virginia. And somewhere along the line, she got the inspiration to, you know what? Fuck this slavery shit. I'm out of here. So she made her way. Um, she ended up in St. Catharines mm -hmm. through upstate New York and the Niagara region. And when she got there, she goes, you know what? There's other people that really need my help. And she went back a bunch of times to, uh, free slaves, help them run away from Virginia down south, deeper south. Like I, they even heard of her down in Texas. Mm, I've, I've always been, that's, that's a name that's a, like a, a legend of, yeah. of the, of the civil rights movement and whatnot. And you know, the, the civil war yeah. the underground railroad, but I never knew the full story or if I did, it was like way back in like public school history. We might've covered it. We really never even touched on it they, too much they, we got into the underground railroad i remember one yep. year pretty good so she probably came up in there at some point but but I we're, don't we're more we're more um because of our location we're more tied with uncle tom's cabin yes. in dresden yes so yeah, yes definitely like yes they are the are of the of the underground railroad there was a whole bunch of mm -hmm. right paths to, yeah uh, that, well, to there Canada. wasn't just one one track on that right. railroad right so they, uh, there was, uh, in the book, uh, Utu did mention Uncle Tom's cabin and like all through Southwestern Ontario, all the way up to Niagara and stuff like that was locations on the underground railroad where runaway slaves, free slaves could get out of the States and get into Canada and afford themselves some sort of protection because there was still laws on the book where um, the people, the, the, the masters would send bounty hunters after these, the people that uh, ran away from really? the slavery. Wow. And these guys would end up crossing into Canada to try and bring these slaves back. Ooh. And there was like, it was much harder for these bounty hunters to cross into Canada capture these people, then bring them back across into the States. Without getting caught. Without getting caught or beat the fuck up or shot and killed. That happened a lot too. So Mama Mama Moses, Harriet Tubman, I said she carried a pistol on her and she was not afraid to use it. Huh? So there was, there was a great deal of history that I knew surface level stuff, mm -hmm. but reading that book, I'm just like, ooh, Okay, I did not know how much I didn't know. I know there was a there. biopic like a year yes. or two ago that uh, I think Cynthia Erivo, yeah. that I heard good things, but it's kind of like I don't generally flock. Yeah, to I, I, if I remember correctly, I did watch it, and 
again, you're 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 going book versus movie. Yeah, oh so, yeah, oh, of course, yeah, of course. But at least that they got. I would say like seventy five percent of the gist across to what the okay. uh what Harriet Tubman as long as, in, as long as they didn't like totally smear or you know no. or no, like like say, and, and misrepresent she, anything too right like say she didn't whip out an a r fifteen and start <laughs> gunning guys down either, so it was pretty pretty period accurate she wasn't going black widow on them no okay no All and right. they and they didn't whitewash Harriet Tubman either and oh. I'm just like. I would hope not. I would hope not, but there's, uh, that story, uh, again, just fascinating. She helped hundreds, maybe thousands of people escape slavery. Mm-hmm. And this book, uh, helps, um, also touches on the, the magic of the underground railroad where like all these P pe- all these freed slaves, um, either like African or Caribbean or stuff like this, they each had a spirituality that they brought with them. Mm-hmm. And each level of these spiritualities had mysticism, magic involved with it. So like they're talking, um, mama Moses would like, uh, hex people to confuse them to like people that are, that were chasing down these, the, the free slaves, and she would like throw hexes and stuff like that and like cause them to like go off the wrong path, go, it would confuse them <laughs> and stuff like that. So this one, this book is starting to, um, I've never compile. heard that side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So like they're talking like, uh, voodoo, hoodoo, Santeria, uh, even, um, Christian mythology, uh, like uh, the magic involved with the Christian church and stuff like this, mm-hmm. um, zombie Jesus and whatnot, yeah. something like that. Yeah, they all they all mix together to make these things, mm-hmm. and they're, they're talking about um, how to um, summon the the spirit of Mama Moses and the followers into your house to like to have because they're talking. People died on the Underground Railroad not having reached freedom. And when they're they're talking uh, allies to Mama Moses, like if you put up a shrine, this gives the, the, the lost freedom seekers another avenue to move on to the next uh, plane. Hmm. So this is, this is the, the, the magic of the underground railroad. So there's a lot of people don't want to talk about. Well, no, well, no, because you know, a large, it's probably safe to say that the majority of society doesn't want to truly believe that sort of thing. True. And I would say my belief is then that, yeah, I believe people like it believe that there's enough people that believe in it to give it some thought that, yeah, there might be something to it in their way. Yes, you know, I and it, it goes to what Kevin wrote mm-hmm. with uh, in dogma, and it's it's not about believing in him; it's just about believing in something. Yes, absolutely. So they all have kind of the same intentions. Generally, they just come at them at different ways, right. different angles. Right. They all do kind of want to mean the same thing. Yeah. So everything does exist in a way, whether you want to believe it or not. Yeah. I, the thing that we've, I've always like been taught and dealt with 
when you put energy into a thought form, you actually make that thing that you're thinking of. It, it may be shot off into like a, a parallel dimension, but it happened. Mm-hmm. It may not have happened in this particular dimension, but it happened positive and negative. That's why you always give yourself positive talk, like self-talk. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. Right. There's yeah. nothing There's nothing flippant about yeah. that unless you want to make it flippant. No. But it's what you put your direct your energy into is like energy in, energy out. Garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. So oh, believe me, I, I'm very much aware of that right. equation right but, now. But that's the, but that's the thing, especially, um, if you don't understand like the aspect of the mysticism that a lot of people like Mama Moses and mm-hmm. especially the, the, uh, uh, they call it African tradition, traditional religions. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing like polytheism of of all the like the different african gods mm-hmm. polytheism like is multiple gods yeah yeah i was trying to put the word together and yeah. I, kind of, I was almost there just as you were saying it <laughs> but so you have you have all these polytheistic people keep throwing those words it's still the same word <laughs> you using them 20 dollar words yeah. so you have all these people believing these like the the polytheistic worldviews and then they get kind of shoved into a monotheistic thing, mm-hmm. but it's still there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a lot of well, the, it's, it, it's no different than a lot of the more European religions. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. Well, okay. And, and in, in a sense, crossover between some of their, each of their lores and whatnot. Yeah. So, so what, what you're really, you're, you're almost there. But you don't want, you didn't quite say it. Okay. So what it is, it is conversion from one religion to another religion. Okay. I I was thinking, yeah, you're right. And okay. Yeah. Conversion. That's exactly it. Yeah. So sometimes that conversion happens naturally. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it happens at the end of a sword or a gun. Yeah. So. (laughs) Bastardization and whatnot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least. So you look at your, your. When you talk the uh, the European, Northern European, the Viking Age, mm-hmm. Norse mythology, they were forced to convert from their old religions, their old religious religious practices, as uh, Christianity spelled, spread across Europe. So you're getting like kings and stuff like this be, starting to get influenced by. Um, Christian monks. Uh, what's as we saw with Ragnar, yes, that's as bastardized as that is. It's the same thing, right? So finally, there was that's, like, that's my main re- point of reference, right? Right, now. yeah. <laughs> but you look at um, the missionaries coming in, trying to spread the word of of God and Christ and stuff mm-hmm. like this. So eventually, one of them gets to a powerful king or a powerful man. And he's like, you're right. This is way better because I'm in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. He found so, the right egomaniac. Right. So you get the conversion. There was uh, a great, uh, what it, we call, it, it's called the thing. Um, basically, it's like a meeting of all the 
the Viking tribes and it's stuff. Called the thing? Yes. <laughs> okay. But it, it's where uh, laws are enacted and okay. uh, it, it, it's a big thing. Thing. It's a thing. Like, <laughs> but it's, it's a, like you don't get, make a thing of it. Is that where that comes from? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so you, you you get there, you air grievances, you say this guy stole this and you it's, it sounds like a, you know, like a town hall type yeah. of You have you have a guy there who's the he's called the law speaker. He's the guy that adjudicates all these things. Okay. So somebody will prevent a present he's a not, case. Is he considered the head of the town or no, just he's, he's just, just the a, law guy? He's just the law guy. Okay. So he's just a very knowledgeable lawyer, for okay. lack of a better term. Okay. So everybody would present their side of the case, and then it's up to him to decide who's guilty and innocent okay. kind of thing. Then All punishment right. is He's meted. the town judge Judy. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So this happened where a, a powerful king came to one of these meetings, and he said, yep, everybody's going to convert to Christianity. And everybody's going like, well, we're not sure that's a good idea. So he put it to the law speaker and the law speaker, uh, it's called uh, cedar or going under the blanket. So literally where he will isolate himself under a blanket, he'll invite the, uh, the spirits of the gods in, he'll discuss what's going on. And this guy come up out of the blanket, he goes, yeah, we need to convert. Because he saw the writing on the wall. If they, if he didn't convince everybody to convert, there would be a war and everybody would die. Ah, uh, okay. So that's... So it better to accept the change and... And be alive. And survive. Right. Because that is usually first and foremost, right? Yeah. yeah. Survival? Yes. Okay. So it was... the The accounts... There's just like a handful of books. He's saying like this, this law speaker went under the blanket. He saw the old gods walking away from, okay. So they're like, the old gods are like, oh, well, okay. We see which way the wind's blowing here. That's a really actually, really interesting imagery. Yeah. Very cool. So you had the forced conversion or it's like, do this or something bad's going to happen. Right. Like, right. Gotcha. So, <laughs> and if he's if that imagery that the gods walking away, it's like yeah. what's yeah, what's the point of fighting? Right, right. You they know? said they 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 made up their mind. Um, we're not going to try and force anything. If it's when you put it towards the uh, the ones that just are just itching to go to Valhalla, right? Like, that door's probably shut to you, pal. Yeah. <laughs> There's, but they've always been there in the background. Right. Right. So like that, the old, even when you look at, they may have walked away. It doesn't mean they're not peeking through the windows. Right. Right. And there's still people that were adamant in staying within those bounds. Mm -hmm. So they, they went, Hey, Oh no, 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 no. You can't kill me. I got, I got your, (laughs) your guy on the stick on my neck. So I'm, I'm with you guys, but they go in behind closed doors. That's where a lot of this now, stuff survived. Now, now you, that brings in then, if, with them being kind of taken over uh, and what other conversions and so on, that does bring what uh, Neil Gaiman created with the American gods. Yes, that's exactly it. The, you know, the old gods have lost power because they don't have the followers. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, that actually, 
that's fantastic a, that, series. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I know I never read the book, and I only watched the. I think I only watched the first season, so I didn't finish it. Yeah, the but. book. The book again. Tally has hyped but, that book many many yeah. times to me. So, uh, yeah. You, if you if if you're very interested, this is this is like the the Christianity, like the big three uh, Abrahamic. Uh, book religions get supplanted by fucking pop culture mm-hmm. for lack yeah. of a better term. Yep. So it, but it makes sense that remember how I said, like I said, you put energy into into a system yep. and that makes it more energetic. It makes it come alive. Mm-hmm. So if you just as the old gods walked away, the, the current big three got shoved out of the way. That the new god media, yeah, that yeah. would that is technically probably the most powerful new god. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. it, it, whether you want to call it screen addiction or whatever, no, that is that is genuflexing. A, that yes, that's that is believing it, in a new god. Yeah. You're believing in the god of technology. If you if you don't want to spin it negatively and call it addiction, you're genuflecting in front of your god. Mm-hmm. So like. Right here, the yeah, exactly. the the black mirror is exactly is sitting exactly. right there, I, and, and you know I can attest. I know I've told the story many times, but I tried to do that fast all yep. those years ago, and that was that was like ten years ago or more. Yeah, like that was that was a long time ago. It'd be ten times worse now. Oh yeah, ten times worse yep. to to unplug. Yep. I have been keeping my phone out of my hand more lately. Particularly when I'm watching a movie with Crystal or mm-hmm. something, you know, or watching a movie with someone, yep. Because then I'm into it. I'm focused. You know, I'm I'm in the moment. You're in the moment. So I've been get, I've been getting a lot better at that. Yeah. So, but uh, I still got I still got some things I want to change there. So, but you're still genuflecting to the God. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. just because you're not looking at your phone, you're still watching that screen. Exactly. So oh, it, oh yeah, it, they still got me. It, they it, got they got their their hooks in me in a few different directions. It's, it's so. apples and apples at that point in time. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just trying to snip one tentacle. That's it. Just oh, trying to. I, mean, just, <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing at all. No, no, no. people can do it. Yeah, people can do it. People yep. can minimize their their contact and whatnot. Right. And those, you know, especially of the younger generation, they've got a little more oomph behind them, so they can go quote-unquote off the grid you know but yeah. do they really because everything ends up on instagram so right right um <laughs> but, but the talking about that like the, the the younger generations i did see a clip they're talking about addiction and stuff like this and they showed children younger children asleep mo- making the motion like they're scrolling oh my god wow people children like, yeah, just completely apoplectic uh, because they don't have their screen in their hand, like melting down mm-hmm. there. But like to watch that child uh, dead asleep, but their 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 thumb is going up and down like they're scrolling through TikTok or whatever. And I'm just like, this is fucking horrifying. Yeah, it's creepy. Like, even if, even if it is staged, the fact that somebody goes, you know, this might actually happen 
is enough to make me go like, oh, that's because fucking it's, creepy. Because, yeah, you're right. Even if it is staged, there's it's potential. Yes. It, it, it is. Uh, it's... It's probably not a that could happen. It's probably it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. If it's not already happening and it's unreported. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it could be they think it's something else. Yeah. You know, but again, just yeah. terrifying to think of. Absolutely. The way things are mm-hmm. moving and heading. I'm just like, I don't want to be. Uh, yeah. But in that group. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't. But they got me. So. That was sunshines and lollipops. Yeah. <laughs> Want to talk about some nerd shit? Sure. Let's talk about some nerd shit. Because like, there was this awesome fucking show. Yeah. That has just had its season finale. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's called uh, Grabber. No, Reacher. 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 Oh, yeah. That's the one with Tom Cruise, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Rich uh, did reach out to him to thank him, you know, for his contribution to to the Jack Reacher and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, was that Lee Childs or uh, Rich Richton? Richton reached Richton? out reached yeah. out to Cruz. Okay, and uh, they got they got no, reached out. They got no response. No kidding. No what response. Uh, Fucking punk. Yeah, yeah. But goddamn that show. It's just so good. Yeah. Because while it's a serious action show, yeah. it doesn't take itself too seriously. No, it does have some good comedy beats written into the story mm-hmm. that makes it not just pure over-the-top violence for violence's sake mm-hmm. all the time. So yep. I, I dig it. Um, there's not a whole lot of woke messaging involved in Reacher. No. And no, there's not. There was a, a, a falling back into the media, uh, watching a video of a guy reviewing it. And he goes, you know what? Sometimes we just want to watch a giant dude and his friends fucking up bad guys because they fucked around and are now con- finding out you don't fuck around. Yep. And I'm going like, what's wrong with that story? Exactly. There's nothing wrong with it. So make more stories like, like it's, there's nothing toxic about it. No, because it's again they present the story. You know, if you're coming in cold, you know nothing about the guy. Yeah, you're going to be able to nitpick it probably. Yeah, but know the fucking story. Right. Know the character. Know that certain things are a part of the character. It's part of the story. Like, but but otherwise. It's just so well written, so well presented, acted. You look at uh, Reacher um, with the Lee Childs still has a great deal involvement uh, in the writing process of the the, the TV show. Yes. So doing the exact opposite of what fucking Disney is doing is using the source material as proper springboarding into the, the, the screenplays. Yeah. Yeah. And who, if you got who would the, have thought? And if you got the author there. Yeah. Who knows that those characters the best. And yeah, they're, you, they're doing their own thing with it probably in certain, at certain points. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It has deviated from the books. Okay. Like, there's no arguing there, but you have the guy there. If anybody's going to be able to rearrange his 
his world, right, right, and keep things cohesive. You got to have some faith in the man who created it. I, I agree, hundred so, percent. Like you could write yourself into a fucking corner. Now and they're like, oh shit, what now, do we do? A, so. a, as has been in the past, because that that experiment has worked many, many times. There is you got to still have some reins, and that's why I know yeah. Lee Charles doesn't have any massive control. But you you, you still got to give make sure you have some handling going on mm-hmm. uh, because Frank Miller went a little too far, I think, with the movie The Spirit. Oh yeah, that yeah. was all him, I believe. And but didn't he write it? He wrote that, but I believe he might have directed it. Oh, so yeah, that's you know, too much control. That's too much. You, you know, yeah. you're, you're not you weren't ready for that. He wrote. He's wrote. He, you know, Frank Miller wrote a few, yeah, yeah, yeah. few questionable Hollywood films. What? <laughs> what? RoboCop sequels. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, but goddamn, just I. I know. I uh, somebody. I can't remember who it is, but somebody in my circle had mentioned like they were annoyed by the whole "don't mess with the special investigators," like, but that little catchphrase. Okay, but that, that they were always going to say something like that, right? It's that's like, their thing again. Yeah, know the story. It was you know that's a bond. A military bond is a yeah. strong bond, especially the deeper you guys get. So, and those guys were going after. More military guys. So mm-hmm. you're right there. You're finding bad guys with access to automatic and heavy weapons. Mm-hmm. So you got training. And training. So you got to be a special kind of badass to be like, you know what? Let's go after these guys. Yeah. So the special operators, the special investigators, yeah, you don't mess with the special investigators. Yeah. Because okay. they're going to fuck you up. Right. So... Right. And like, but somebody said they just found that to be corny. And I'm like, no, it fit what there is because to them, they, everybody's saying that we're all still here. Yeah. You know, the less voices when they hear that, you know, it hurts. Yeah. Um, the not surprised by the fate of Swan. I was so, I wanted Swan to ride in. In, in, at the fucking last possible moment to be like, yes, yeah, so I, I spo- okay, spoilers. Oh, yes, yeah, massive, <laughs> massive, massive spoilers. spoilers. If you have not watched Reacher, yeah. we're about to talk the fuck out of it, especially the finale. Yeah, I wanted Swan to swoop in and save the day. Okay. Like, nearly, nearly getting uh, pinned down and stuff like this. I wanted Swan to, like, be the fucking X-wing, that mm-hmm. fl- the lone X-wing that flies in on that the end of Mandalorian, right? He, I, because everybody was so against Swan the entire, except Reacher. Everybody is like, no, he like he fucking flipped, right? But I wanted, I want almost a redemption arc. Yep, uh, yeah, I get that, and I and but, I, you know, I was thinking that way as well. Except for one thing, and it wasn't the fact that yeah, I like I know I rem- I th- it was pointed out when we first saw the scene, but it was in the second to last scene with the truck when they read the manifest in the truck, and it was signed off by Swan, yeah, with a thumbprint, biometric, uh, yes, yeah, okay, 
or they met ret- so retinal scan. It, no, no, no. The sign, the manifest was signed off with a thumbprint. Okay, okay. okay. The retinal scan came later, else. right? Okay, but that it didn't catch me then. It was the fact that they particularly showed that bit in the recap in the episode. Chekhov's gun. As soon as they said that, I, I, my, my brain went. Swan's already dead. Yeah. They got his hand in in a jar. I didn't think about the eye thing, but we, I forgot that they had the retinal scans. So I didn't even think yeah. about the eye thing. I but did, I'm like, they got his hand in a jar. He's already dead. Yeah, I didn't. I did not pick up on that. I I I, I, I did that because they yeah. showed that clip in particularly that well, line. Okay, this might be the problem because I skipped the recap and I didn't quite get the the the. The in-your-face Chekhov's gun of it. I, I with when it comes to a show like Reacher, I make sure to watch the recap because I want, like, I, I want, I want to remember everything. I yeah. want to make sure I catch all the clues when they pull a twist. I want to, oh, okay, yes, I do remember okay. when they said that. All right, yeah. So, yeah, no, I just, don't, I don't want to be guessing all the time. I'm like, new episode, get all this other shit out of the way, and let's get to the show. No, I, I got to work through the green filter, so. <laughs> you know, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I need the, I need the recap to help. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been I watching know. more. I've been watching all the recaps now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've you know I've I've been watching the show The Rookie. Yeah. <laughs> Since the beginning of December, I have now watched four and a half seasons. <laughs> I, I know. season five. I'm in. I'm at like episode like thirteen of season five. Mm-hmm. Sixth season just started last week. Oh shit! So you're so, almost current. I'm almost current. Wow. Now, what I will say for a review of the show, yeah. it's a fun show. It, but it has changed. Oh, like I want to say it happened midway through season three. The show started taking a bit of a tonal shift. How so? Up or down? <sighs> Down in, uh, for lack of a better term, quality. Oh. Did they have a and, a, a staff turnover? Uh, not. Well, they did, but that was at the end of the season. That wasn't exactly a part of it. But just things started to go in a much more. And like they already started at a pretty high bar. Yeah. But they started to get too intense to where it started to get um, too unbelievable and unrealistic. Oh, and they started okay. learning, and then they started learning in a little bit more of cheese. Oh no! So by the time we are now hip deep into season five, there's some really what now at this point is almost uh, annoyingly cutesy. Will they? Won't they? Bullshit between a couple of the characters. Oh, so they they stitched in a a, a romance. Well, we kind of saw it. We've kind of been seeing it coming for a while. Okay, because it, you know, knowing how knowing how these types of shows usually go. Yeah, you know, trauma builds bonds. Trauma bond, and so you know, yeah. there, you know, feelings grow because of, out of that and stuff like that. So, kind of saw it coming. You know, you I know, got you. And, and they've been hinting at it for a while, but they really started leaning into it over the last two seasons. Ah, okay. Um, and but okay, want to talk about getting into just too far re- re- ridiculous? Sure. They got into doppelganger territory. What? Where they they busted somebody for with the, they, so they had a car and they had a trunk load of drugs. Okay. 
and it's the one guy, Tim uh, Sergeant Tim Bradford. Okay. I don't know the actor's name. Big hunky dude. Um, he, uh, it's him, but now he's like a degen skid who runs drugs. It's the same actor playing a street dirtbag. Is so, this a mystery twin that he didn't know? No, so no, this they're is not related. Separate? It's just a doppelganger. Okay. You know, it's like it's like Wayne and Shorzy. He's an actor, yeah. so he changes his body language a little bit, like changes oh. his stature a little bit. Look at my range. Not a whole lot because <laughs> you know there's only so much you can do to really without looking stupid. Yeah, but they do that. Well then, well then, you know they're using him to do like a sting and get some undercover oper- uh, operators into a, 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 an organization. Okay, uh, doing a heist. Um. So yeah, he's in. So he goes in as him, and gets in. And they say, okay, well then, you know, bring your girl. We heard she's a badass driver. So they bring in his girl, and of course, that's his former trainee, not a partner, but they, she's the one that they have the honor. They, they're, they're, they are they going to? Will they? Won't they? Uh, okay. And there's this is when it's just starting, and they bring her in, and yeah, now it's the street ghetto her. <laughs> so yeah they had to go undercover as doppelganger versions of themselves holy cow and i'm like okay this is just okay you're going too far guys i'm still into it i gotta finish it you know did they write themselves into a corner somewhere i don't i'm not sure exactly i i would have to go back and go through the episodes in season three to see where really it really tips off or it flew off the rails remember when i showed you i sent you that one scene the rating the meth lab yes like that shit was intense and it, it was not long after that i think is when things start to shift oh so oh. it's like it, yeah it maybe Maybe they all died in the meth lab, and this is a, just a fucking <laughs> dream sequence. I don't think so. I don't think so. Hey, it's been done before. Uh, yeah, who I shot know. Bobby? I don't. I do not think or they who want shot to start. Jr. So. Yeah, yeah, but you're talking multiple seasons affected now. So sure. Now why you're, not? you're getting into like a lost hate kind of a territory. Oh, it's it's fucking Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> But I am going to finish it out. I have to. I've come this far. Um, and w- once I do finish that and get, you know, I'll keep in with the last season. Yeah. Um, I-, I will be starting into Buffy. Oh, okay. So, because that, yeah. that, that won my poll. So. That's yeah. okay. Now, now that Reacher is done, mm-hmm. I don't have anything to look forward to watching. Oh. And I'm. I'm Trying to figure out. Have you watched all of the Yellowstone spinoffs? Uh, no. But I hear 1883 is supposed to be really good. 1883. Yeah. That 1883, I haven't watched it. I watched the first one, 1823. Or yeah. The one with uh, Tim McGraw. Yes. That's the one I watched. Yeah. And the, the, the older one, that's Helen Mirren and uh, Harrison Ford. Isn't yes, it? that's 1923. 1923. 1923. 1883 okay. was with Tim McGraw and Faith Hill and okay. Sam Elliott was in there. Sam Elliott? Oh, Sam that kind of makes fucking sense. Sam Elliott's in there. Yeah, yeah it's that that was really good. Um, but I have not watched 1923. But that one's the one that's, I believe, getting a sequel. Or, or I mean, getting another season. Okay. And then there's another one coming that I think is in the 80s. 
Oh, okay. So even like even I think it's eighty. All the Dutton kids are too would be too young to be in that. That one's um I believe John's dad. Okay, like Costner's dad. Yeah, played by McConaughey. What I think. Whoa. McConaughey is definitely in there somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to have to get Paramount Plus again. <laughs> <laughs> See, my, my parents are all over that stuff. Yeah. So it's it's in our Amazon package. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I like Yellowstone. I really like Yellowstone. Um, maybe yeah, I, maybe I should. That again. Yeah, maybe I should roll into the, the prequels. Gives me something to. Yeah, but then I also run the risk of fucking burning through everything, and then I fall through, and like, okay, well, now what? That yeah, kind of I know, but but if if you don't watch it now, when are you gonna watch it? Point taken. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm starting to kick. Like, I've been putting off watching certain things, and I'm only hurting myself because I'm missing out on good stuff. Right. right. I finally watched Guardians of the Galaxy three, and yes, it was it was great. It was a great send off to that crew, and yep. like it, it had a lot of heart. It was a lot of fun, and you know it, it worked. And it, you know it ends on a fun note. New crew and all that, you know, new Avengers kind of thing. A new, a new new Guardians team led by Rocket. Oh, okay, yeah, it's yeah. And who did who did they have replacing everybody? Um, you have Adam Warlock in there. Whoa! He it's yeah it's there's Rocket Adam Warlock uh, Krillin he's got he's got uh, Krillin from Dragon Ball no uh, Sean Gunn okay the he's he's got uh, Yondu's oh arrow. okay Yondu's okay. Mohawk and arrow yeah 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 he finally masters using it ah. in, in in Guardians three okay. Because he was still struggling with it a bit, killing people <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> but he finally masters it. Okay. Um, him, um, whatever the Russian dog, the oh. little Russian astronaut dog, yeah, is yeah. a big character because him and Krillin have a thing because he calls her a bad dog, <gasps> and she's like, "I'm not a bad dog," <laughs> I'm not, and everybody, "I'm not bad dog," and then you know they have their big moment during the big yeah. climax, and it's they have a cute moment, and he goes, "You're a good dog." <laughs> you're, you're such a good dog Cosmo this Because she saves his life At the yeah. end in, in the key moment He just looks like, You're such there a good go. dog <laughs> Got him um, Yeah it, it was great Tally kept telling me That it was And you know I did finally watch it So I am so burnt out From Marvel movies I get it But you know I, I Kicking myself That I haven't Didn't watch it sooner Because it was really Really great It would have been In my top 10 for the year oh, You know that kind of thing Yeah 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 it was great um, I have been getting a little bit more clips, even though Jonathan Majors, blah, 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 um, of Ant-Man and Quantumania, Ant-Man 3. Oh. So okay. I, I, pro- I probably should watch that to get that puzzle in, too. <laughs> um, I'm taking it slow. You are totally an addict, no yeah. matter what it yeah. is. Yeah, so. yeah. But, um, but I'm still, you know, geeking and, and slipping in other fun flicks and stuff, too. So. Okay. Keeping th- you know shuffling things up a little bit. Watched Mayhem yesterday, I which I mentioned to you. I don't yeah. think you've seen it. I don't. It's uh, it's a, it's a world where a rage virus exists. It's called the ID seven virus or the red eye virus, 
and anybody infected with it, it it just shuts off all your inhibitions and you just do whatever the fuck you want. If you're looking at your buddy and you want to punch him in the face, you're going to punch him in the face. Well, you say that like yeah, a If you want to stab him with scissors, you want, you're going to stab. If you want to fuck the, your secretary over the desk, you're going to do it. That's how the virus affects. Now, they have, there is a cure, but it takes eight hours to take effect. Okay. So he, um, Stephen Yun, Stephen Yun's the main character. He works in this like consulting business, like lawyers and all that shit. Okay. Um, and their building gets infected, so oh. he's trapped in there, and he loses his job. Like he gets fucked over, gets framed for something or whatever, and he's losing his job. But before he can leave the building, they get quarantined. They're stuck in there for eight hours until the uh, the antidote takes effect. Twenty twenty three or twenty seventeen. 2017. Yeah, it's been out for a couple years. Steven Yun, Samara Weaving. Oh, okay. The uh... It came out in roughly the same time as another flick similar called The Belko Experiment. Okay. With Joe, the... Joe Lynch. Joe Lynch is the director. Matthias Caruso is the writer. Take a look at uh, Joe Lynch's uh, directing credits. Am I taking a dive into a rabbit hole? That... Just a little bit, because you might you probably have seen or at least heard of a couple of his other flicks that were really, really fun. Okay. Director. 17 directing credits. Suitable Flesh. Ultraviolet and Black Scorpion. Creep Show. Creep Show. Point Blank. Oh, the remake. My Dead X, Mayhem, 12 Deadly Days, Faith No More, Sunnyside Up, Rhea Yarbrough, Silent Night, music video, Everly, Saber. Everly, that's the one with Selma Hayek, where she's in an apartment getting yes. attacked by a hitman. Yep. Knights of Badass, them. Yes. No, they did take that away from him, and that movie did not become what was his vision. Oh. But that was his flick, and that was his original story. I gotcha. Uh, Venom, Truth and Journalism. That's a short. Yeah. Uh, Chillerama, zombie movie. <laughs> but wrong turn too. Everly though, I I just remember from that he's got a fun style to him, and I know he's got other writing credits too. Yeah. He's he's a really fun director, well, and Mayhem is a fun ass, violent ass fuck flick. Six point four. So. It didn't do that badly. It's, no, no, it's 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 a fun, just mindless flick. You got people just they're just slaughtering each other left and right, and because of what, uh, particularly what he found a loophole, a legal loophole, nobody affected by this virus can be charged for any crimes they commit while they're affected by it. Ah, okay. Story they got on. the first big guy to get out uh, one, like one guy to get off for murder because of the virus. They caused. They got that. Yep. So, Mayhem tells the story of a virus that infects a corporate law office on the day attorney Derek Cho Yen uh, is framed by a co-worker and wrongfully fired. The infection is capable of making people act out their wildest impulses. Trapped in the contain, uh, quarantine building, our hero is forced to savagely fight tooth and nail for not only his job, but his life. Certified hard R, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's fucking brutal. <laughs> fucking brutal. Him and Samara Weaving team up to, they got to, you know, fight their way up the building. They got to get up to the top floor. Okay. You know, get up to see the, the the board of execs and all that stuff. And it's fucking brutal. They have the the best higher corporate hierarchy. Okay. Like uh, the, the, the head of HR. 
Um, I I don't know the actor uh, directly, but he's one of those. Oh, it's that guy, and he's memorable usually. Okay, he's just this pompous asshole. He walks around with a cane, and he he, like, he has no problem firing somebody. Okay, and he's just he's just like. Yeah, you're fired. Just sign this. That means you're fired, and you can leave. And it, it's not personal. This is just business. Like he's just that matter of fact asshole. So when when they're getting ready to kick his ass, you're like, oh yeah, this guy. Yes, like you're, you're anxious to watch that one. Okay, you know? there, there's okay. I'm I'm in the quotes. Okay, the Reaper. There's a character called the that's, Reaper. That's him. Okay, that's him. I'm only the messenger, Derek. Screaming at me is like yelling at your watch because you're late. <laughs> That's a pretty good line. <laughs> He's such a fucking asshole. Um, right. Yeah, you know, of course, you know, the, the head of the company has like that special guy that he doesn't have an official title within the company. Okay. He's just the guy they call to handle problems. Oh, and by handle problems, it's beat the shit out of people in the basement. Oh, so he's a fixer. Brad, <laughs> <laughs> like, pulls out brass knuckles and. No, yeah, that happens. It's fucking. It's fucking awesome. It's fucking brutal. Yeah, that's on. It's brutal. it says it's on Tubi. So uh, yep, yep, yep. And it might be able to be able to check this out. It, it is awesome. It is a great watch. And if you're interested, you know, we could always do another episode of Two Migos Watch Stuff. Oh, I'm kind of interested now. You know, we could we could kind of put that together sometime. Yep, I think we can do something you know, like that. You know, we we like to watch movies, and why not yep. why not talk about them? And and we're setting up for the uh, our annual Royal Rumble. Yes, watch. Yeah, and we we are going to have a full house. Yep, it's uh, a party down. Uh, it looks like we're going to have like six six people yeah. uh, joining us. So uh, some we'll, microphones mic- will be shared. Yeah, <laughs> somebody better have some really poignant shit to get a microphone. Uh, oh yeah, to. definitely. Yep. So now, whether at, we do the whole show or whether we do just the rumble match, we've only done the rumble matches. Yeah, especially so. with this number of bodies, right. that might be a wise wise thing. Yeah, so you know, we can maybe start the show and then c- come back in for the rumble matches yep. or something. Yep. You know, but well, yeah, that that'll well, be coming next week. So it's usually like the women's rumble first. Yeah, and then the men's is the. Well, they ain't gonna event. give the women the main event. No, come on, no, no. Let, let's uh, let's be honest now. Well, okay. Who do you, prediction time. Prediction time. Prediction time. Now we're a week out. Okay. Who do you see winning the women's rumble? Who do I see winning the women's rumble? There's some great storylines kind of left hanging. Yeah. Um, I, I see. I'm not as close up. Like I, I'm not following that closely enough to have some full measure as to where things stand. But just from what I'm seeing and gathering... I'm going to go with Becky. Go with Becky. I mean, that's I'm Rhea's gonna, in it, but you can't have the champion win the Rumble. No, no. I think it's going to look like Rhea. It's going to end up being Becky. I got to agree with you on that one because Becky, she has the, she's next in the line for the program with Rhea. Right. So that kind of makes sense. However. Yeah. There's always the mysteries. And there's also the Nia Jax. There's Nia Jax, which, ugh. Um, yeah, I don't, I just don't, I don't. There's, okay, her. because Charlotte is out, the, like, Charlotte is now completely off the table. You can't make a new star yet because Becky has got her, her shot. Do you, like, Nia is Nia. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now, Julia is not available yet, no, right? No, so not yet. She, she's not a Rumble po- no. possible. Okay, just checking. Do you... Do you? Well, uh, Oscar's, no. Oscar's busy with damage control shit. Yep. Nope. 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 There is Sadie's. one. There is one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the surprise entrant who could actually win it. Don't say it's not a no, possibility. Yeah, no, yeah. Never. Never say never. The surprise return of Sasha Banks and she takes it. Yeah. Yeah. It. it of course, that could happen. Yeah. She like she's not committed to any place yet. No. No. We, we thought said, she was. Yeah. That there was that whole twenty five million or whatever. I'm. I'm thinking that was AEW trying to get ahead of. Uh, okay. Something there. Maybe. And they're like, if we do this, they maybe they'll back off. Yeah. Let let them know this is what we've offered her. Right. Because she can't tell them. Right. Right. And then we we know that. Talks with Sasha and the WWE broke down over money. Right. So maybe you bring her in as an appearance. It, but yeah. you don't put you can't put her over. Right. If she <sighs> if she shows up in the rumble yep. and doesn't win, it could be a basically a one off or a short stint. Right. But it, if it, she shows up and wins, well obviously. Yeah, she's, it's obviously she's gonna sucked. be yeah. But would you do or, Trinity? I that see. I I saw nothing of her work. I don't know. I know she's highly regarded and yeah. all, but is she big enough? Do you bring in Liv Morgan? Bring her back. Is she ready? Is she, I don't know. I thought she was injured. I thought I don't right, know if she's right. ready to come back yet. Uh, who else? Again, it, uh, my money's on Becky. Of what I've seen of things going on, my money's on yeah. Becky. Somebody, somebody has to have a standout performance to get elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, that Tiffany Stratton, yeah, she she could have a, uh, a a really good showing and move her up. Is there anybody that you know is primed f- for to get the big push and maybe they go with a new face? Like a new uh, somebody new to go up and try to be the challenge to Rhea. Raquel Rodriguez? No, she's she's had her shots. Yeah, yeah, she didn't. She could. Um, she didn't carry the ball. Zoe Stark is in the same boat. She's not ready for prime. I time. was trying to think. Was has Zoe been in there? She Zoe Stark had. She worked that program with Tristratus for a while. Okay, and then she's gone like nowhere afterwards. Right. Um. Oh, it better not be Bailey. No, Not you don't. Either. You don't think they would uh, go with Jade Cargill? Yeah. Ooh. Do you? She think, might make an appearance. I I can see her making an appearance, but do you think they would do that? Do you think they would hot shot her like that after taking this long? Tried to try to get return on investment kind right. of thing. Uh, uh. Like I'm not saying it's not going to work. Because no, no, um, she, she's gonna get a pop. Like, oh yeah, people but, are anxious. They want to know, right? But, but will I don't, she be I don't, able to I, hang? There's no way she's ready. There's no way. Yeah, Unless, I, I, like, I, you, you trot her out like in the middle of middle of the pack, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Remember, we still have her." Even make her like she's number twenty seven. Right, and give her a little bit of a showing for the final four, right? And then she fucking, 
Yeah. Somebody scoops the rope. And yeah, whoever work. who's going to be the first program. Right. Let's see. Natty. Natty. Well, Jade is training at Natty's uh, right. school. That's why I say you have Natty in there. Natty's the one. and Natty, So Natty's her first TV program. That would make sense. That's so you have you have Jade, you have Jade dump Natty, right? And then Natty's like, "What?" And, and fucking and yanks screw, Jade and screws out. her over, right? And and you know the story. It, it's ages old as time. You have Natty the veteran who's got you know trying to take down this hot superstar who thinks she's going to just run things, right? So I've been helping you get ready for this, and this is the way you fucking they, treat well, me. Well, yeah, I don't know if they need to bring that in. Why not? Well, yeah, I know because everybody would probably know. Right. But for the fans that don't go that deep, not you know, true. You, you just keep it to the the veteran trying to protect protect from the new upstart yeah. uh, or trying like, to put the new upstart in their place. Depending on if they're making Jade the heel or the face, Jade's always been a heel. She yeah. she well, carries yeah. herself as a heel. Oh yeah. So you you and Natty Natty is always a fucking perennial baby face, no matter what she does, because you can't fucking hate Natty. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true for so many reasons. Because of those fucking cat ears, those oh. and her hot sister, Jenny Neidhart. They folks. they they. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah. Jim, Jim did something right. Him, I. You know what? Maybe it was the wife. I'm hoping there was more of the wife genetics. Hey, come on. Jim wasn't an ugly man. What? (laughs) (laughs) You must have been looking at different pictures, bro. (laughs) I don't know. I think he had pretty good glutes, so. (laughs) They could have inherited their dad's glutes. Could have. Could have. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) all right. Uh, Who wins the mail? Obviously, it's going to be CM Punk. uh, Yeah, unfortunately, it does kind of point that way. Kind of. They've made, they've. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But to face who? Yeah, that's the problem now. Now that Seth is hurt. But you put shelf, you put Seth on the shelf until then. If he, if he's going to be cleared by then. Well, okay, how far away I, I, is a month and a half, two months? It's it's like I think two months. Eh, eh, you might be able to get away with Yeah, like I I just said I don't know I don't know what his timeline is for his You know, it all depends on the seriousness. MCL or M- MCL. MCL MCL and meniscus. Which which MCL is which part? Uh medium cruciate ligament. Which is that's where? uh on the side. The side of the leg? Side of the leg or back back of the leg. It's like, not the ACL. I, ACL is the one that is like a career render for people. Okay, okay. But MCL meniscus, meniscus is a smaller one on the, I think MCL and meniscus are on the sides of the knee. Okay. And they're not saying how severe these injuries are. They're just saying they're tears. Okay. So. It could just be some rehab and he could get through it. Could be. Like if he, if he didn't like completely tear him apart he might be okay with rehab right but if he's like torn them completely he might have to go in for surgery which really which yeah but i guess uh what i see um seth is supposed to be on raw monday and he's going to be discussing his future yeah so expected speculating does he vacate the title if it's bad enough, where it's questionable that he won't be able to 
make mania, right. I think he drops the title. Okay. And then vacate it mini tournament leading to mania. Make what? A, yeah, you can't. Okay, so. Okay. Seth drops the title on Raw. You have now the the beginnings of a tournament. So you take the last eight guys that are in the Rumble. And you seed them accordingly. Okay. So, like, the last guy, in the, the winner is the first seed versus the eighth guy. Nah, I don't think they'd want to take away that title shot thing. It's got to be a guaranteed. The winner is guaranteed for that title shot. Yeah, but if there's no champion, who do you? That's where you have to have the tournament to decide the champion before then. But and the, the but winner of the Rumble can't be in that, can't be a part of that. No, but you have the last eight guys of the Rumble. Those are your tournament participants. Yeah, but the guy who wins still it could potentially lose out on his title shot. Okay, but you still also have NXT and SmackDown champions that are available for that guy to go after. Yeah. Would so be. you so you put well, they're not going after Roman, you know. But it's an option. But it's all. But it's still there. Yeah, like the Roman. The Roman situation is already okay. If getting if okay muddy. This okay. Here, this is how you do it. Winner of the Rumble becomes a champ. Oh. Oh. You want stakes for Royal Rumble? All of a sudden, you now have Seth's title on the line. Yeah. For only the second time ever, the Royal Rumble, right. the winner of the Royal Rumble becomes the champ. Yeah. That would, wow. That would be awesome, yep. actually. So you now, you have a new champion going into WrestleMania, and you have, uh, like, Elimination Chamber is would be the next thing yep. to decide who goes on to face the new champion at WrestleMania. Yeah. And then Seth is like, I was never beat. Mm -hmm. And when he's ready to come back. Right. Yeah, yep. He's first. In so line. there's you, that gives you your CM Punk, Seth Th Rollins program. They should absolutely do that. They should absolutely make this rumble for that title. They should. They're not going to. No, but they that, should. Okay. That is a brilliant idea. The, the fucking, the go home show. For the rumble, uh, you've just on on five days' notice. You've just told everyone yeah, the, it's for the title. The stakes have shot through the roof. Yeah, if you like, Seth Seth that, has to relinquish his title because he's hurt. You get fucking Adam Pierce comes out and he goes, "Well, Royal Rumbles for the uh, Raw Champion. Whoever wins is the new Raw Champion." Because that gives you the wrinkle, a SmackDown dude might win. Mm -hmm. And then you got to have somebody fucking jump over yep. to yeah, do that. Yeah, I have no problem doing that. Oh, no, so. no, no. But, <laughs> but it's still a wrinkle enough mm -hmm. to to make that interesting. Yeah. CM Punk is still going to win. Oh, yeah. But so you have, you, you crown Punk the champion. I'm, and I, I just to be clear, I'm not looking forward to that. Like. That's not going to interest me. I see the writing on the wall, but yeah, everybody's you know, seen the writing on the I'm, wall. You know, but, I'm just making it clear that I don't care about CM Punk. You, I still you, don't. I'm, I'm not going right. to. So that opens up. Okay, Punk is now the champion. Mm -hmm. He's like, I didn't, I didn't want to win the belt this way, but 
I'm still the champ and yay me. Yep. So that gives you fucking Drew McIntyre's pissed yeah, off. They started that. Cody, uh, everybody else is fucking like, uh, what the fuck? You don't backdoor your way into the champion like that. And Punk's like, sure did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that would definitely be up his, up his alley. Right. For sure. Right. You know? So you, you play up Punk backdoor. Like what? You're going to, you're going to hate me for taking an opportunity? Like, right. I just did exactly what you wanted to do, but yeah. I did it first and better. Mm-hmm. So yep. you, you, you build that. That I, idea. I really hope they do do that. I don't see it, but I don't either. Like it's because it's, it's too good. <laughs> it's too good. Too good of a prospect. Hi, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> Use your voice. What? What do you want? Okay. <laughs> um. Did you see the match announced for AEW Dynamite next week? Um. Oh yes, <laughs> yes I did. <laughs> That's Edge fucking diving into the deep end uh, of the pool. The rated R superstar Adam Copeland versus Murder Grandpa. Murder Grandpa Minoru Suzuki. I saw that uh, and I went, <laughs> I have to find a way to watch that. You know <laughs> damn well the match is going to start, the bell's going to ring, and the crowd's going to chant, Minoru's going to kill yeah. you. <laughs> like, like I'm sorry, Edge. You you know you're you're a legend, Edge. You're you, you've you've left your mark. You, you're you've got grit, sir. Somebody's gonna leave. A but Monoro is is gonna fuck you up, dude. What are you? What do you like, want, Cat? I'm sorry, Edge, but I don't see you going with Suzuki. I just I Suzuki's gonna have to really slow down. Right. That's, right, that's what that's gonna say. That's gonna that's gonna be a different type of fucking animal for yeah. an edge match right there. But I gotta admit, you're right. They got me. I am curious. Yes. Um, you you're curious about watching it. I am. Let's uh let's let's take a Campbell on my IPTV service on Wednesday night. Then. What do if you want? Down. If you're interested. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll see if my IPTV. When is that? Down. Wednesday night. Wednesday. Wednesday. What time? Uh, eight o'clock. Okay. <laughs> I probably can do Are that. you okay over there? This fucking cat <laughs> keeps giving... What? <laughs> he thinks you love him or something. I barely like my own children. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Edge versus Minoru Suzuki has got fucking train wreck inability to look away written all over it. Yeah. I'm... I just... Uh, it, it'll be... It's going to be interesting. Yeah, because it's to me, it's going to be one of the first times edges in the ring with somebody who's not WWE at all. No, no, like a completely it's, different style. Yeah. So uh, let's just see how adaptable Edge still is. It's a simple style, really. Yeah, really, it is. It's a really simple style. Yeah, you just got to survive. Hey, I hope he surprises me, and it, it, it turns out to be a banger. But my my brain tries to compute it, and. Yeah, because for the longest time, it's like one of these things is not like the other. Uh-huh. And that usually equates to Minoru Suzuki. Like, hey, I know this guy's fucking history. I'm <laughs> goddamn terrified of it. Oh, yeah. But the first uh, the thing I first saw where I saw the posting on uh, Twitter was somebody had the caption over it that, yeah, Suzuki's going to kill him with a gotch style pile driver. Yeah, because Edge has got a fucking stack of dimes for a neck. Mm-hmm. And. I, I I don't fear for Edge's actual health. No, 
it's going to look like goddamn murders <laughs> trying to be committed. But that's just a testament of how good Minoru Suzuki is. Exactly. So I, it's a fucking morbid thing, but I want to <laughs> see this match. And <laughs> it's just, I just, that's just fascinating to me when I saw that <laughs> graphic and I'm just like, what? Who is <coughs> well, who approved this? Well, I, so well, let come on over and uh, let's hope my IPTV is working that night. We'll right. watch it. We'll figure it All out. Right? Figure it out. Figure it out. <coughs> so hey, we did well, something what? last week. Yeah, we did. <coughs> Where um, I read uh, one of my backstories of one of my D and D tunes. Jason's backstory, fantasy men. Is that what Seriously. it was? I can't remember the title. I think it was. Um, this was something about your fantasy men. Something like that. That was the title you came up with, not mine. Well, um, you didn't bother to fucking workshop any of it, so we're sticking. With yeah, it. I know. Okay, Jason's um, fantasy men. So <laughs> today I'm going to share the uh, backstory for uh, a favorite tune, one who actually has seen the action. Yeah. Um, he's seen quite a bit of action, actually. Yeah, we're going to have to make a, a fucking segment bumper. <sighs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is uh, the backstory to... Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Well, because oh. we're, we're, we're segueing into the Dungeons & Dragons thing. Yeah. We also did another Dungeons & Dragons thing. Yes, we did. We should talk about that. We after... After we hear Murbo's story? After Mur- we hear Murbo's... So, uh, yes, this is the story... Of Murbo Chicken Hawk. <laughs> now, if you don't know the name, no, how would they know the name? <laughs> well, no, if you're familiar with a D and D and certain player types and character types, yes, there is a term affectionately known as murder hobo. Yes, that is affectionately where... <laughs> known. It's fucking used in a derogatory direction at most people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is my goal with this character. Okay. I was deliberately going murder, murder hobo way. Um, so, and now this is an owlin, yep. an owlin barbarian, not traditional, a traditional clan, cla- class for a, bar, uh, an owl. owl. Uh, they're because they go with intellect and whatnot. Yep. They're de- generally spellcast. They came out of Strixhaven, you know. Yes. So you are very contrarian in this creation of this character. <laughs> yes. So, but newer D and D system allows you to shuffle those attribute points, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you can play with that. Um, Custom lineage and, all the way. And with Alan, um, you choose whether they're medium size or small, small size. Small size. So Mervo is three feet tall. You're like a pocket owl. Um, now, Murbo's family name is Murbo Forden. Yeah. But as the uh, story progresses, I think, do I get into the name? Yeah. Okay. He, he, he gets another, <laughs> Wait, another name. So, <laughs> so they, here, let's get into the story yeah. of Murbo. Um, I'm not going to say his last name. No, because you give away the right. fucking, the, the so, whole of it right there. So, Murbo Forden. The youngest in a family of 15, two parents and 12 siblings. Um, Stay off your fucking mother. Murbo was also the smallest member of the family, the runt of the litter. This led to the inevitable teasing and bullying from the siblings. So Murbo developed a temper at a very early age. Anger. Um, Then as he grew and matured, it became rather evident that Murbo was just short of, uh, not just short of stature, but also short on book smarts oh no um, their family lived in a large tree dwelling just inside the misty forest east of daggerford okay this would be um i believe southeast of Waterdeep. 
Oh, okay. Yep. Um, Merbo's parents, Mycin and Mariette, uh, were arcane scholars studying various mystical phenomena in Western Faerun. Naturally, their children were expected to follow other similar pursuits, um, but uh, which is common amongst the Alwyn folk. Yes. However, Merbo lacked the mental prowess to follow the family business. Um, oh. And his siblings were relentless in their bullying with, with each turn. Um, and, uh, and each turn leading to Merbo lashing out, often in violent ways. After a particularly mean and hurtful exchange with some of his eldest siblings, Merbo ran away. Merbo. He hadn't traveled too far when a raging thunderstorm swept through the area. Merbo spotted a cave on the side of a small mountain and swooped down for shelter. Upon entering the cave, he was confronted by a group of, uh, of four dwarves, a hunting party, a small tribe of barbarians living on the other side of the mountain. The dwarves initially tried to cast him out into the cave, but he refused to go. Things got a little heated and a scuffle ensued, which ended with Merbo beaten and unconscious, along with two out of the four dwarves. <laughs> Impressed by the little bird's tenacity, the leader of the party, Horace Stonetooth, took the owl in under his wing. Ma, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, Horace saw Merbo's anger and recognized the heart of a berserker hidden in that small frame. While Merbo was uh, tentatively accepted within the tribe, as Horace was highly respected, things weren't without their issues. Some of the other dwarves still, try, uh, still tried to pick on the little bird. Little birds can't fight. Little birds read books and fly away. Little birds aren't tough. That's why they rely on magic, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, but Merbo learned, and Merbo got stronger, and Merbo got faster. Merbo got on the gas. And Merbo got angrier. Oh. Um, uh, FYI, Merbo's strength currently at level eight is 18. <laughs> he is a jacked little fucker. Yep. <laughs> um, Merbo got angrier. That's in all caps. Um <laughs> Merbo finally became so formidable as a warrior that others had no choice but to accept that Merbo was indeed a barbarian and was given the name Chicken Hawk as his <laughs> barbarian name. Right, I remember this. <laughs> uh, they would still make jokes about the uncasting magic, so Bur Merbo began to play along. Merbo cast violence. Yeah, yeah. Then one day, as Merbo was hunting with Horace and a few others, they came upon a mangled wagon. Most of the, item lags, uh, most of the items from the wagon were broken and scattered around, um, just basic household items. However, there were a few books and torns, uh, torn papers scattered as well. One of the books, Mer books Mer Merbo recognized as a journal from one of his siblings. Oh! As he read about his family had continued on without him, the family did worry about him, but they didn't really try to find him either. They weren't that worried. Um, more recently, siblings were sent off on various quests to aid in their parents' research, with only their parents and two of their youngest siblings still at home. Okay. They were attacked by a group of manticore riders out of Waterdeep. Merbo's father was killed and his mother was taken. The siblings hid, and after the coast was clear, they gathered what they could and tried to get away. Um... But nothing, nothing is there to state what happened to them in the wagon. Gotcha. It can be easily assumed that they were either killed or captured. Exactly. Merbo told Horace what he read, and uh, he had to go find his mother. And Horace understood. Before he left, he gifted Merbo the belt of a belt of dwarven kind. With with this, you are truly one of us. If you need us, we will come. Did Merbo grow a beard? Um, you know what? I don't recall if we ever actually played that. I don't remember. 
because it was like, was it every every night he has there's a there 50% is that chance. chance that you grow a beard? Yes. I want to say I did at one point. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alan with a beard. A three-foot Alan with a beard. Um, well, there's fucking Grog, a fucking Goliath with a beard. Yep. Yeah. They clasped forearms the farewell gesture, and Murbo flew off, heading to Waterdeep. And that's where Murbo entered our adventures, joining the Spell Razors after Phineas took some time away. Um, and from there, Murbo went on. They went on to Baldur's Gate. And yeah. <laughs> now he's got a, a celestial endowed great axe. A three-foot owl and swinging a six-foot great axe. Sure. That makes sense. We uh, can do that. Uh, now, here's a footnote, because I did list his family um, and where they were and what their feelings toward Murbo were as, as he saw it. Okay. Uh, this was for the GM, because it was going to play a factor. Had the story continued, one of my siblings was in Baldur's Gate. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, my father, Meissen, uh, distantly, uh, he, he was distantly loving, but he was rather disappointed because... You know, he was stupid. Yeah, you're uh, not the family magician. Right. Didn't follow in the family footsteps. Uh, Mom is Mariette. Uh, she was loving and caring, but she still kept him at a distance. Um, she was taken to Waterdeep. Um, the oldest brother, Floyd, he was an asshole bully. <laughs> he was sent off on an excursion and nobody had heard from him. Um, uh, oldest sister, Kari, uh, ambivalent. She really saw no use for Mervo whatsoever. <laughs> she was the one thought to be in the in Baldur's Gate. No, okay. in Baldur's Gate. Oh, okay. Um, the next sister was, uh, Maze. Uh, she was generally nice, did, but didn't really pay, pay him too much attention. She didn't treat him too poorly. She didn't kick him. Right. Um, then there was a brother, Taro, um, didn't really know him much and he's been gone for a very long time. Oh, so he's the Chuck. Basically. <laughs> um, there was Taro a- got sent to fucking Nam and <laughs> basically. Um, there's a sister, Ashley. Um, she was just a bitch. Um, got sent off on an excursion and hasn't been heard from her. Uh, a brother, Ward. He was, uh, he was loud and fun, um, but he really kept to himself for the most part. Okay. Uh, another brother, Cord. He was a gruff jerk, sent off on excursion, hadn't been heard from. Mom and dad put him all to work. I was going to say, fucking, why? Like, <laughs> All these people going to going on an excursion and disappearing. Somebody yep. should really look into the parenting of a fucking mom and dad chicken hawks. How the islands operate. Yeah, I see um, that. Uh, the the, t- the tenth or the eighth sibling is a sister, Becca. This is Mervo's favorite sibling. Mm-hmm. She was the only one that was good to him. The only one that liked him, and she's also on excursion. <laughs> so at least his favorite one is still out there somewhere. Maybe. Um, then there's the twins, Freddie and Loman. Um, they were just dismissive jerks, also on excursion. <laughs> and uh, then there's uh, a, a set of twin sisters, uh, Trine and Trini. Um, they were bratty bullies. Uh, they were the ones in the wagon. Ah, okay. So, there yeah, you go. I found that, found that note, and I forgot about the extra family note at the end of it. Thing, so. <laughs> but... As the, as backstories go, is that another one that would hold up for a yeah. GM enough to work with? You, you have enough there, and you have access to uh, family mm-hmm. to use as plot hooks mm-hmm. as well. And you, you okay, you initially, like, especially with the, the wagon, the first thing you're going to do, no matter how fucked up that family is, you're going to try and find family. Yep. So that that right there gives you 
your first plot hook as a uh, as DM to player. It's like, what happened to my sisters, regardless of what they did and how they acted. Mm-hmm. So I gave I set up what the character type would be. He's angry. Yeah. He yeah. is an angry little midget. Right. <laughs> he's like he's not going to be happy to go look for them. No. But he's going to go look for them regardless. Yes. Yep. So, and that's what happened. Right. He wound up in Waterdeep. <laughs> so good time. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I really was having a lot of fun with that character. Yeah. Especially the, the session we were leaving, and there was a, a thunderstorm, and I just decided to go, just go flying into the middle of the thunderstorm. Yeah, good and idea. Got hit by lightning. Yeah, great idea. <laughs> great idea. Yeah, I was fine. Sure, sure. I pulled out at the last second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, words to live by. Sure. I'm just like you know, the best place to do be fucking flying around is in the middle of a thunderstorm. Hey, I felt good. Sure, I felt good. Um, yeah, that char- that character was a lot of fun to play. Yeah, it really was. I got to have my Tackleberry moment when I found out I missed a session and they fought a green dragon. I killed the green dragon. Yeah, and you guys tell me the next session and yeah, Murbo, we went full Tackleberry. Just started banging his head on the table. Yep. Well, like I, I actually, uh, I actually did one point of damage, so I just had a little bit of blood trickling on my forehead. Because I remember, like I said, I ended up changing my character's name because of it. <laughs> because I was a, I added it was a uh, Zilfira Dragon Slayer yes. just to rub it in. So. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It was so much. That that game was fun. <laughs> that game was fun, and that's the same game where Phineas started, which started a whole lot of my story shit in my head. <laughs> so. Perfect. You ever like see? You got to kick it off somewhere, yep. and and it's still, it's trying still like replacing the Phineas arc with Murbo arc. Um, it worked well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, if you're gonna you're gonna write a backstory. To a character, you got to make sure you're you're not just writing a backstory that you want for your right. character. You need to you need a backstory that's setting things up for your GM yeah. to work with, and it has like, to fit in the general idea of the story, right? Like, especially if you're adding into a st- like an already established story. Like, if you're in session zero, fuck, it doesn't matter what your backstory is. exactly because all of a sudden you're gonna the the GM is going to take everybody's backstory and meld all that into the story he's going to tell. Mm-hmm. But if you like you said, especially with Murbo, he's coming into an already established story. It behooves you as the, the player character to try and wedge some of your yeah. story into that. Yeah, already if, existing if you're story. coming in with a character and you, you don't haven't considered the game you're coming into and how your character is going to fit in. Yeah. If you're just making a crazy character and, oh, well, we'll make it fit. Come on. You're really, you're not helping things. You got to be amenable and work with the GM and with a little bit of the rest of your party a little bit. Right. You know, you don't, it's, it's becomes very masturbatory when you do something like that. mm -hmm. When you, when you like, I'm doing this, be damned with everybody else. Oh yeah. So and that's that's um, also brings in uh, one of the problems that I've seen and like no, really noticed it for a while is um, when it comes to combat, especially in D anD D, like uh, 
the way the way the players come at it. Yeah, they're not thinking the practically. Proper, exactly. Yeah, that's I, it, to my mind. That's something that should be discussed. Amongst the party, you can play it off as this is stuff you talk about around the, the campfire. I yeah. Think. You know, saying, you know, in this kind of situation, if I'm going to go high, you go low. If I'm going to go, you know, or you call out, have call signs. You call yeah. out something and, you know. Well, we started that with the, the Hellraisers uh, yeah. in the, the arena. We tried that. We were going to, yeah. yeah. I don't even think we actually got to use it. No, because my I killed off my orc character. Yeah. And Brilliant story there. The whole story. Yeah. yeah. And I think there was a, a couple, couple people didn't quite grasp what I was going for. No. No, they kind of they kind of shit on the moment a little right. bit. Right. I'm just like, fuck you guys. Get yeah. out of my house. So, <laughs> but the whole the whole story, I, I I just had a concept in my head, and that concept didn't quite mesh with what was going on game wise mm-hmm. and i was like i don't want to try and bang square peg into the round hole on this sometimes like i've i've kind of pride myself on when i make a character into a game i'm usually can we stay pretty committed i can make it work i can yeah, yeah. i can mold the character to fit the narrative it might not be exactly what i had in mind but i can make it work yeah but sometimes that's not going to work no Sometimes you have a character, you, you'll be into it for a few sessions. It's just not jiving, yeah. you know? And well, that, that's where I find a lot of players where they do make the crazy characters one, and then they wonder why, like, the game isn't running smoothly. Bogging down, right. broken shit. And mm-hmm. Or just, why just, everybody's why everybody gets pissed off at right, them all the right, time. Right, right, like Especially with Hulk, because I went with uh, Arcane Knight. Or Eldritch Knight, mm-hmm. and I dipped into Barbarian, right? Because I wanted to play the conflicted part of the orc, mm. and he Hulk didn't want to be just pigeonholed as oh he's an orc, he's just like a, a barbarian fighter kind of thing. He has nothing going on between his ears. Yep, where he actually did. But as as he was going along, he was giving into his more bestial side of the orc nature. Mm. And that's when I took that dip into barbarian to reflect his his conflict, his his internal conflict. Right. Maybe I was thinking way too hard trying to make this thing work. But you wrote yourself a story, and you know it. it that's where, you know, sometimes the rest of our table doesn't really appreciate the story aspect, yeah. you know, what, what what we aim for sometimes. But I did know. get myself boxed into a corner. That's why I ended up having to kill but kill that character it, off. It was br- a brilliant moment for me. I appreciated it. Yeah. I still I've I actually recently read the My Friend Hulk uh, oh, a little okay. bit there, you know. <laughs> um but uh yeah, that was just that was awesome. It's a, it's a nice little uh, side story in my Phineas saga. Yeah. Someday. 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 Yeah. I'm st- I've been rethinking on exactly how to approach all that, but okay. that's for another day. Yeah. Um, Want to hear some music? Yeah. You brought a record player again. A record player again. So you have a song. I have a song. That you've never heard I've completely. Only, I've only heard clips. clips of this song. Okay. I have no idea what you're about to... 
whip I, out here. I didn't even know this song existed until Bohemian Rhapsody came out. That's a Queen record. Queen, A Night at the Opera. A Night at the Opera. Okay. Okay. So. The pressure's on for me to find a song now. I had never heard the song, I'm in love with my car. That sounds like a TLC, uh, not a TLC, but like a fucking, a terrible, my reality show song. <sighs> Found no, it? No, it's, uh, this one, this one was uh, written by Taylor. Chuck Taylor? No, uh, Roger. No. Oh. The, the, the drummer? Yeah, you you would know more about Queen than the, I would. The, the drummer wrote this one. Okay. You know, they all took turns writing songs. Like, okay. And, and then they collaborated on a bunch. But he he wrote this one in particular. Okay. For I, anybody in particular? No. I Well, say the movie didn't really get into it too much. He, just, he was infatuated by this car. It was when they were recording the album out at the farm and... You know, and they were arguing about it, and it almost became the first single. Oh shit, <laughs> that's strong. That, that scene, the scene that where Mike Myers playing the record exec, yeah, and he doesn't want to use Bohemian Rhapsody because it's too long. Okay, and he goes, the single's going to be, I'm in love with my car. Like he almost picked it randomly. I, I, I never even heard of this song until they're talking about it in this movie, and then. Um, Good Omens. Okay. The the show, the, the miniseries? Maybe that's what I should watch. Good Omens? Good Omens. If you haven't seen it, the first I have season not is great. Seen I haven't checked out the second season. Two seasons, right? There is two seasons. Prime, um, right? I believe, yes, definitely okay. Prime. Uh, Tenant's character, Crowley. His car only plays Queen music. Ah. And there's a key scene in like the last episode of the first season. Yeah. Like a really badass scene where um, he's driving the car I I don't want to spoil exactly what's happening, but that song is blaring. Gotcha. So I've never actually heard this song. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna find where it is. I'm gonna push this down a little bit until we get just it really case. going. Sure. And then. Okay. Let's put that off. Do you know what? Uh. This right here. That. And. Got to count the circles. Yeah, I know, but this one is weird. <laughs> Because That's the first song. There's a very inside songs. There's a little small thing. So that's two, three, four. Okay. What number is the song? Number three. Number three? Yes. Is that it? No. Oh, okay, so we're just gonna catch the tail end of this one then. Yes. Same here. So that could be the recording. Could be the could recording. Be just the song. Yeah. Yeah, it might not be a stereo recording. Okay. 
So, I don't know why it sounds like this, though. I don't know. Vampire last night. Here it is. The other side just kicked in. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's the needle. I'm ordering new needles next week. It really is about his car. Yeah. Grease gun disease, son. Kind of glad they did not release this as a single. No, it's missing something. It doesn't have the cachet of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. No. Committing to this whole power balance thing, aren't they? <laughs> All but his car. Holy fuck. Can you imagine what the live version looked like? Oh. Did they have a choir? They would have to have a choir, yeah. Well, they're not going to bring him in just for Bohemian Rhapsody, so. Well, no, if you got a choir, you're going to sit him in the wings and try and use him for everything. There we go. We have now... What am I hearing? Why am I hearing music? Oh, it's because... Oh. <laughs> I hit something by mistake. Okay. So there we go. That is I'm in Love With My Car by Queen, written by Roger Taylor. And I believe that was him on vocals because that did not sound like Freddie. No, it didn't sound like Freddie at all. I'm going to unplug this. Okay. And I'm going to keep the car theme. The car theme. The car theme with my song. Grease Lightning? What's that? Is it Grease Lightning? No. Oh. No, this is something a little different. Now for something a little bit. Now a for a little, something a little different. You ready? Well, that's trademark. Okay. Oh, yeah. We don't want, for something we don't want to get, we don't fucking hate to get sued. All right. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Got it.
Highway Star, covered by Typo Negative. It's a cover? This is a cover. This is Typo Negative? This is Typo Negative. Not like anything else I've heard from them. Which hasn't much, but still. Nice riff there. Yeah, it does. How do you find stuff like this? The algorithm, right? Once you're stepping toe in that direction. Yeah. Now. Uh, this one was off the uh, the bloody kisses out. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that a synthesizer? Or is that electric bagpipes? That's a guitar. Oh, that sounded like bagpipes. Like, wait a minute here. No. This is off the uh, the best of typo negative album from 2006. Okay. That does not sound like a normal guitar to me. See that image? That does not sound like this music. No, doesn't at all. That's what threw me when the first time I heard that. Don't normally hear too many up-tempo songs from a band like that. That's not their usual gimmick, so... Sense of purposes, yeah, this is a hairband cover of a song. You probably shouldn't be talking over the solo either. Okay. 
mixing it up. Rage. That's the voice I'm used to hearing. Yeah. Pete Steele? Yeah, that's such an, uh, a unique voice. So, Well, it was a unique voice. <laughs> Gong. Wow. Now I am absolutely curious to find out who they covered. Yeah. That, because that does not, that that does not is, sound familiar that, to me at all. That is a cover. Huh. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a surprising number of songs out there that people don't even realize are covers, so. Are you ready for this? Sure. The original band that did Highway Star, uh-huh. Deep Purple. Wow. Yeah. So what? when? This. You have. I know you have. Everybody's heard this song. Okay. It just, yeah, the other version did not sound familiar. But yeah. That... No, because it's typo negative. And as soon as I say typo negative, you think yeah, you... in a different direction. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, you never know what you're going to see out and hear right. out there. That's you know? right. And you're going to learn new things all the time. Whether you like it or not, goddammit. Game over, man. <laughs> it's game over. This has been the Three Nose Podcast. Thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Y'all come back now. Here.